0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Smash or Pass podcast, part of the Smash Accept network of podcasts. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter, at DynastyDadFF. People are still a little confused by the uh, drop of the underscore there. You know, people are like, hey, I'm already following that guy. Yo, no underscore now, It's just DynastyDadFF. And we're back to, you know, just the two of us again. You know, I bumped some of that music there. A little just the two of us. Nerd Boy, Bye. what's, Bye. what's Bye. good, man? Today's Let's crazy. Come,
1: crazy, this, with is free crazy. Agency. this is this is what we live for right this is fantasy uh fantasy football um christmas eve pretty much you know we're, we're just sitting there um refreshing our phones and, and trying to see what's happening and following all the news and stuff and, and we're getting some some juicy um legal tampering intros right now but i i expect um some more dominoes to fall in the next couple of days which you know i'm excited to kind of go through and and um you know I guess we're going one quarterback today, so we're gonna see exactly where these guys fall, right? Yeah, and this is, this almost feels like the NBA
0: trade deadline. Like, this is where, yeah. for us, true degenerates, we're like, you're, we're seeing things like Raheem Mostert, and we're getting excited. You know, not just yeah, the man. big names, but we're seeing the small names, and we're trying to figure out why is this team making this move, and is this opening up for another guy? And like you alluded to, we're going to start out with one quarterbacks today because I've been seeing all over Twitter, and I know we have a lot of new listeners, a lot of new fans of the show that still play one quarterback league. You and I were degenerates. It's super flex. I even play a couple triple flexes. I know that's that's just a crazy scenario, but. In the one quarterback league, I want to talk to you guys real quick. I saw a poll and that's why we kind of decided to do this is it was Josh Allen or CeeDee Lamb. This is a very obvious question when you play one quarterback because CeeDee Lamb is the 104. Josh Allen is a quarterback. There's you know, you, you turn to look at things and you're like, super flex, right? It becomes such a shortage because there are not twenty-four quarterbacks that you want to start. But when you're talking about your QB 12, you're, you're starting maybe Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones, and you're okay with that, right? The difference between 1 to 12 is nowhere near the difference between 12 to 24. And I think a lot of you guys are, are just kind of blindly voting on that. But li- looking real quickly at ADP from March from Ryan McDowell over at DLF, it's Jefferson's 1, Chase 2, A.J. Brown 3, Lamb 4, B.J. on 5, Jonathan Taylor six, McCaffrey seven, Alave all the way up to eight. So you, you start talking about taking them quarterbacks, and you, you know this is this is foreign into you and I because Alave is usually like three oh eight, you know three oh five yeah. to three oh eight. Now yeah. he's one oh eight. Waddles Waddles one oh nine. Garrett Wilson one ten. Amon Ross St. Brown one eleven, and and Brees Hall one twelve. Just going over that list, and I I know we we talked. Sometimes one quarterback's labeled a little bit more of the your casual, you know, dynasty owner. What's the biggest standout from you there? Because I'm seeing some values that don't really align with what you and I are talking about, even if we're talking super flexing and, and taking those positions
1: out. Yeah, I think what you alluded to is the fact that one quarterback leagues are where people start. You know, people don't get into fantasy and jump into super flex. That's just... Um, it's a step above the one quarterback um, for a couple different reasons. And um, you're finding, you know, probably seeing these results from people that maybe just jumped into fantasy this year, you know, having Olave up up there with that tier of players um, is the biggest standout for me by far, because, you know, maybe these people just saw that one year they see the rookie situation and then they see Carr coming in and think that he's going to, you know, make that huge jump. Um, to the to the next tier, or, or I'm I, I'm not sure what these people are thinking um, because it's it's very foreign to me. I don't I don't not too familiar with um, one quarterback ADP, so it's a fun thing to look into. Definitely, yeah. And I mean, I'm
0: looking at I'm looking at DLF right now, and it's like at the 102. And and you and I and, and I, I think sometimes we're so far out there ahead of things with how we rank things and how we do things and and how we prepare our listeners. Right now on DLF, it says. Who are you taking at 102? Would you trade? Would you want Jackson Smith and Jigba or DJ Moore? And you're like, whoa, whoa. You know, like the equivalent there for me is in Superflex. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going 105 and DJ Moore, maybe the 108, you know, in in that area. Um, And I think that we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about these rookies. But I already brought up DJ Moore. That's that's the first big news. What's your instant reaction there, right? Like you, you know, you see that the the that Carol or that we, we trade up to one, and then you see DJ Moore as part of that deal in that Carolina. So what does that do? Your instant reaction, your gut feeling on DJ Moore?
1: Yeah, my instant reaction was um, I I jumped in the air. I think because I own so much fields right now, and that move right there is just showing me, you know, it's validating me. You know, for mm-hmm. all the times that I took fields and startups and was like, oh, we're going to build around fields they're, they're they're making him the guy. And I needed a little bit of validation there. I needed people to just say, you know, I, I don't buy into the whole, you know, they're going to trade fields thing. But I, I needed that. You know, it made me feel good. But with DJ Moore, it felt lateral at first. But I also think, you know, fields is still growing and maturing into the Starting quarterback, and um, I think he's going to take a little bit of a jump this year um, with just everything that they've done to that team. And DJ Moore is going to help with that, and I think in turn DJ Moore is probably going to get a bump too. I think they're both going to improve um, from last season. Uh, DJ Moore might have a little more consistency. He was, you know, up and down with Carolina. You know, they had all those different quarterbacks throwing to him and, and he just couldn't get into a comfortable rhythm. I think he's going to have more of a rhythm this year for
0: sure. Absolutely. I mean, you look at, you look at his reception perception, 71.2% success versus man, 812 versus zone. You know, he had a career high and double coverage. There was nothing there in Carolina. The guy has eight plus hands. He's got wheels. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, but I'm I'm more excited about these rookies right now, right? I mean, this is what we're going to start talking about. Um, so let's break right into it. The first thing is Bijan's clearly the 101, right? I mean, it it's it doesn't matter if you're super flex or you're one quarterback. The difference now to me, Mike, when I look at it, is the difference between the 101 and the 102 in a one quarterback versus the 101 and the 102 in a superflex I think is a huge difference because we look at what what we're doing in superflex and you know Bijan goes what 109 and then we're talking about you know Stroud or Young or, or Richardson whoever that is the 102 usually goes 203 205 but in in a one quarterback league I mean we're talking about the Bijan is the 104 now and we're talking about we're eliminating these quarterbacks and then we have Jackson Smith and Jigbet two going in that same area as like mid to late seconds. So that's a huge jump when you take these quarterbacks out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an adjustment for me um, because I'm always thinking quarterbacks. So um, it's a little jarring to see that. Um, but I think if you are in a one QB um, knowing exactly where to take these guys is really important. Um, you know, if I'm seeing these polls of, the 102 or Chris Godwin, um, I know that I can get a really good jump on JSN um, if that's where you guys are doing your draft as far as taking the rookies in your in your startup. Um, I would pay attention and, and definitely listen in on where we got. Where we value these because I have JSN over that tier of player by a lot. You know, it's a there's. There's a lot of rounds in between Godwin and JSN for me right now. Yeah, and if you guys want to be ahead of the curve, like in
0: in both Discords and in the Patreon, you can see where we have guys ranked and what their equivalent value is in a Superflex league. So, I mean, you can look that it'll say, you know, Garrett Wilson is the equivalent of the one hundred three, one hundred four, and start to move up, or you see that Traylon Burks is the equivalent of the one hundred eight, and then. What I'm telling everybody to do is there's four quarterbacks. We know those four quarterbacks are going to go in the top 5, 6 picks. So subtract 4. Just take those rankings and subtract it by 4 and you're going to be so much further ahead than the people that that we're talking about cuz we're looking at this and it's like if you're literally debating the 102 and Chris Godwin, we're a little bit behind and we're going to catch you up. You know, like we want you to take that 102 because JSN is going to put you in that spot. But if you're at the if you're at the 101 you have an interesting situation, right? So you, you have your choice of it's Bijan and the equivalent guys of C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown. And I know we've talked about it in Superflex, you know, of how we compare that. If I'm coming to you right now and I have the 101, and, and I think we got to look at what your direction is here, but if I have the 101 and you have C.D. Lamb, are you smashing that or are you passing it?
1: Um, I think the 101 is slightly above C.D. Lamb right now, but I think we've touched on this in previous pods where your builds – um, Bijan is going to hold that value for a much smaller window than C. D. Mm-hmm. Lamb will, you know, because like I say to people in startups, um, the receivers stay in that first round a lot longer than the running backs do. We see JT. He's already in the third round, you know, and he was in the first round for two years, actually, maybe not even a full two years. Um, so I would probably take the one one over C. D. Right now. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in a window to win, uh, moving off of that for a small plus. As far as like going one hundred and one to CD and uh, mid second or something, you know, if you can pull that, that's a great move too. So um, it's it's dependent on your team more yeah. than anything else. And two
0: years ago, the ADP was nine running backs and three wide receivers in that first round. You know, or two wide receivers and a and a tight end. Now you look at it. And it's it's very very wide receiver based and I think for a good reason is like I have not done a one quarterback startup draft for seven years. But if I was, I think I would be really I would be really hesitant to take Bijan over CD Lamb because if you look at, you know, your guys in the fourth round, you would be choosing between like, you know, your running backs. You could still get a Najee Harris, but wide receiver wise it it depletes so hard by the fourth round. You're looking at Terry McLaurin. You know what I mean. Yeah. So like that's an area where I would much rather have, you know, I would much rather have CD Lamb and and Nick Chubb or or Najee Harris than I would B. John Robinson and Terry McLaurin. And just you know, just something to look into there. I mean, you know, Mike and I want to bring you where our rankings are. Taking out the quarterbacks, we all know Bijan's the one that hasn't even been any kind of debate. Neither has the number two and three have been a slight debate. And you and I agree. You know, we go back and forth on this. I, I think right now we both have, well, we actually flip-flopped him. So you have JSN as the five. Man, did he look good at the combine. You know, like everything everything that he did improved his stock. I I have Jameer Gibbs. at. Uh, you know, I moved him up to, to my two. I, I go back and forth between both of them. You know, it's like Jameer Gibbs looked phenomenal. You know, he rem- we talked a lot about Alvin Kamara comps. I think he looks like a a better, faster Aaron Jones. Like, everything I'm seeing from him, him looks fantastic. Everything we've seen from Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, we were trying to discount it. We were trying to push him back, and everybody in the in the industry is like, yeah, let's push Smith and Jigba. You know, he's, he doesn't do this well. He doesn't do that well. He's not elite at this. But if you look at the company that he's in and, and what he's able to do, I, I think you can't go wrong with either of these two guys, and JSN is going to instantly become a
1: top 10 to 12 Dynasty wide receiver. Yeah, I think Gibbs is definitely a great um, consolation prize if you do miss on on Bijan. Um, you know, if, I I could go either way. You know, JSN or Gibbs. Um, it's not cut and dry for me. I don't I don't mind um, either one. Whatever whatever one um, falls to me at 103, I'll probably be pretty happy about mm-hmm. that. Uh, I I do love JSN. You know, do, watching him do the three cone drill and um, he is elite and he doesn't need to rely on his speed. That was one of the knocks on him where yeah. people are saying he's not going to be as fast or this and that. And, um, you know, people are saying he only has one year of production in college. And I like to point out that, you know, Justin Jefferson only had one year of elite production in college. Yep. Jamar Chase only Jamar had Chase. one year of elite production in college. And um, I'm glad you said so, those two guys. Cause it's like, I've been talking a, a bunch with, with a couple
0: of guys on the side and I'm like, he has, he has, not he he has like really close ceiling there with those guys you know it's not i know a lot of a lot of dynasty analysts and people have been like well you know they're like he has a ceiling of amon ross st brown i mean i think he has the floor of amon ross st brown and has the ceiling of these guys because when you watch him play the speed isn't fantastic but when you watch jefferson that speed wasn't you know, what stuck out when you watch chase, it, that wasn't what stuck out. It's, it's those, what, like you said, the three cone drill, the, the nuances, the stuff that the way he gets off the line, he is so fast. He's so quick. I I mean, that short shuttle at the
1: combine just got me excited. Yeah. His footwork is amazing. He can stop on a dime. He can cut different directions and you know what? I'm not worried about his separation at all. I think that's going to be very easy for him to translate to the NFL. And I think I
0: think like I said, there's there's no real wrong way to go. I've gone back and forth with with Gibbs and and, and JSN and I think every time I do, I'm not I'm not even upset about it because I I know the the thing with with Gibbs and we're gonna move to him at 103 here is we talk about his size, you know, and we talk about the size where he's at one ninety nine. I feel like he's gonna put on some weight, but man, the way this guy this is the best pass catcher we've seen. Like this guy has the pass catching chops where depending on what the situation kind of like we talked about with Traylon Burks last year, like the right offensive coordinator with Jameer Gibbs is going to be electrifying. It's going to be exciting. You know, he's got that burner speed and that four three six forty 40 dash. I mean, this guy has the agility and the hands to be a real difference maker. And we found from guys like Alvin Kamara and we found guys in the past, they don't need 20 carries to get it done. If he gets 15 carries and six, seven receptions. Those are the guys that I want on my fantasy team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't need a lot to, to do a lot on your fantasy team for sure. Um, what I like about Gibbs is his vision is amazing. You know, I can tell that he's always thinking as far as what he's going to do next before he does it. You know, like he knows that this guy is going to come this way and he's going to cut that way. He knows exactly where he's going to go before he goes. Um, you know, a lot of running backs are just you know, doing it and hoping for the best. Like he is methodical with his movement and, and he hits that hole um with amazing speed. You know, mm-hmm. he he can make something out of nothing with with you know whatever he gets and and that's what I love about a, a pass catching back. You know, he's always a, a threat for a big play. Um you know yeah, it, a lot of people get down on you know he he is the highest in the class
0: uh, of negative carries, you know, and it, but there's those guys. I mean, we, we said the same thing and I'm not comparing him to Barry Sanders. But Barry Sanders was in that way. He's that elusive tackle breaking guy. Who's going to try to make you miss, but what he, what he max you know, like might miss a little bit when we're talking about inline running. I mean, he, if you look at his career, 104 receptions, 1200 yards, 17 or uh, sorry, 1217 yards, eight receiving line. I mean, that is, unbelievable. Like we're talking about one of the most special pass catchers we've seen and and I want that. You know, like I, I I know we talk a lot about making sure we're 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 trying to get wide receivers, but I think Jameer Gibbs is a guy that's going to have longevity because of those pass catching ability he's not that guy we talk about it all the time in that two to three year window as a running back because of those you know pass catching ability that's going to keep him on the field then we get a little bit dicey so that's our one two and three i think that's pretty chalk we talk the same way in super flex Mm -hmm. you and i are are slightly we're in the same area here you know, I think the next tier is is Charbonnet, Quentin Johnson, and Jordan Addison. If you're at the 104, who's that guy for you? Because I feel like, and we talk about tiers all the time. And Bijan's in a tier by himself. And if we're talking one quarterback, Gibbs and JSN are still in that tier. That next tier is those three guys for me. And I think you're playing ceiling versus you know versus floor, and you're also playing you know what kind of what kind of need you have. And I always say, you know, draft based off of of talent, not need. But all three of these guys play.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they are very close, you know, um with Quentin Johnson being being somebody that is a little more raw um but has the higher ceiling. And Addison being somebody that is pretty safe um I think it's gonna translate day one as far as skill set goes. Um, I've I've often said that he's probably the most pro-ready uh, wide receiver of the class. You know, I've, I've said mm-hmm. that he's the Olave of this class where um, his root tree is amazing. He um, has disciplined um, running ability. He, he kind of can read defenses pretty well, um, you know, has good hands. He um, is versatile, and and he, he thinks – I think he just will be a producer day one. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I have to take him – but Sharp is a, a close second in that tier for me. Um, I think we'll touch on whoever we don't talk about right now the most. But yeah, um, let's I'm gonna let's go. stick with
0: Addison because that's okay. You're, yeah, you're yeah, absolutely is... right.
1: Like he is, I, I feel like
0: he's a slightly lower version than what we're talking about with JSN. Is he ran a four four nine and at 173 pounds, that gives him a speed score of 85. And I know that's among the 50 wide receivers in this class. That's the third lowest. But what the guy does. And, and that is going to drive down some stock, I think. And if that's the case, you guys need to jump in on that because Jordan Addison is a quarterback's best friend. I mean, the guy was a big playmaker at Pitt with over 100 receptions in 2021. Then he comes and he goes to USC, and he's another fantastic stretch. I mean, like, very few wide receivers. You put Quentin Johnson in another system year two, and he's not going to have that same kind of production. Like, the the ability to do that for two different quarterbacks for me, I think, is absolutely incredible great route runner almost always in the slot again you put him in the right situation and he's just he's going to be the quarterback's best friend he's going to have that that ppr you know seasons that you're going to absolutely love and i'm not selling him short but i think you're going to see a lot more of like you're going to see some early jarvis landry numbers where you know he's not going to have huge i think he's better than that but I think you're going to see some of those kind of numbers where we start to see JSN really move himself up. And you say Jarvis Landry now, and people get upset. But those first three seasons, a hundred plus receptions every year, and I can see him having seventy receptions year one, and not even not even question it at all. I think you're going to get immediate production from Jordan Addison. And we we talk about like this dream scenarios. If you patch put him with a quarterback like Justin Herbert, you put him in somewhere one of these offenses where we're we're looking for another another big playmaker. And I think Jordan Addison is a guy that's pro ready. He's going to come in and jump right off the bat. And and like you said, with Olave, like he could have that kind of, that kind of season year one, you know? And I think
1: that would be absolutely huge in this particular class. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Kenny Pickett's um, tape from college, it's a Jordan Addison highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he boosted up Kenny Pickett um, to, you know, I think, to where he is as far as you know that that draft capital and and where he is right now starting for the Steelers, I think he had a big play in that, for sure. Yeah, the next guy and he's he's my RB three in
0: the class, but he and he has been the entire time, and I think he's been right there for you as well. Six foot, two hundred fourteen pounds, Zach Charbonnet. I mean, he's that big back with solid speed, and I think he has three down potential at at the next level, and I'm excited to see where he lands because. With the Bruins, over 1,300 yards, just absolutely touchdown machine with 13 touchdowns. And he went back to college to prove that he could be a pass catcher. And this year, he improved on it, you know. And I think Charbonnet is that guy that I think is going to just be, be someone that I think is a difference maker day one. I mean, I don't know what the ideal running back situation for you would be here. But I think Charbonnet, maybe to Atlanta, Charbonnet to the right situation, maybe, you know... There, there's so many moving pieces right now. I think he is someone that I think is going to just generally move up above these two wide receivers, just for the fact that the running backs might separate themselves, and, and I think Charbonnet gets round two draft capital.
1: Yeah, I don't see Charbonnet coming coming out of the second round. Um, I think he's definitely secured that that second um, second round DC. Um, he is the most well rounded. Um, running back outside of Bijan in this class. Um, So I think you're right on the fact that he can easily slide into a three down roll. He is, you know, he's, like you said, improved on his pass catching. He's got great vision. Um, He can run North South, you know, he can run on the outside. He's just all around just a a well-rounded talented um, running back that I think would benefit a lot of teams. Um, I'm really curious to see. I think Eckler is a big moving piece right now. Um, I think we're going to touch on him a little later, but there's going to be, I think a lot of shakeups in the running back game, as far as what teams are going to do, because they see this class and they see that, you know, there's so much talent and they're not going to have to pay the money that they're paying their current running backs, yeah. um, to stay there. So, um, we're going to see a lot of moving pieces and I think it's going to be a really fun off season for, for us fantasy guys, for sure. So So, I saw a couple
0: scenarios of Eckler possibly to the Bears. I saw Eckler to the Bills. I I doubt they they keep him in the AFC. But, I mean, then I started thinking, man, can you imagine Bijan with the Chargers like that? Or or even Charbonnet in this hand. And I I think if Charbonnet goes to the the Chargers and Eckler would leave, I mean, he solidifies himself as the 103. I don't – or 103, 104. He's in that same – debate as as gibbs then like i in that area i would still have a hard time not taking gibbs but i think charbonnet is that guy i'm I'm super excited uh we were already alluding to this a little bit but i mean what if he goes to the eagles the big news now is obviously rashad penny and it's all over twitter and i, I think we'd be remiss if we don't talk about it i mean i saw right now people are paying the 202 203 for rashad penny now Whoa. The talent is phenomenal, right? Like, he is a talented back. But, man, we are like, I, there's no chance that the Eagles roll in with Penny, Gainwell, and Boston Scott. They're going to draft a running back. They they are definitely going to ra- draft a running back. And I think Penny's a nice, for the more bang for your buck, It's a, it's a great value for them. But, man, if you can get a mid, early to mid, 23 second for Rashad Penny after you know in startups he was going for what something in that range of 305 yeah Yeah, I would sell that that, just make that make that happen because he's coming off major surgery he's he's going to be a a difficult guy that you know he's going to obviously make the team he's going to have an impact but man if you can get a 23 second form right now I, I feel like that's the play
1: Yeah, I I see a lot of – I saw a lot today in my leagues of 25 seconds for Rashad Penny, and even that seemed like a a significant overpay. But um, he – I can't say anything about his talent. You know, everything that I – all the knocks are his his health and him staying on the field. But, um, yeah, there's no way that the Eagles aren't going to take a running back, and that's going to be one of the most sought-after rookies, I think, who goes to the Eagles and – um, the way I see the Bengals playing out, I think whoever goes to the Bengals too is going to be a, a high um, rookie running back because they let Samaje um, Piran walk today, and um, Mixon. Obviously, we all know is you know I don't know he's definitely on his last leg as far as uh, staying with that organization goes. So um, those are the two teams I'm really watching right now: is Eagles and, and the Bengals, and trying to you know um, see their next moves and. And if you know if mixing gets cut, it's wheels up on whoever goes over there. I love it, and for Sean Penny,
0: I mean, I, they just released the the details. It's a one point three five million dollar deal with with potential to be two point one. That is a smash, except from an owner standpoint. Like, why would you not? Because the guys led the NFL in yards per carry over the yeah. last two years. It's over six yards a carry. But you know, I know we're getting off on a tr- sidetrack. I had a lot of questions asking me about Penny. For me. Yes, I would sell for any 23 second. Yes, I would sell mm-hmm. for any 24 second because we're in that same, we're in that area where it's like, my man's been labeled injury prone now for a good reason. You know, like when he's healthy, great. But at some point, these, these they start to add up, man. We start to go up to a point where it's just, it, the best ability is availability and you just don't have that with Rashad Penny. Now. Yep. Back to Quentin Johnson. So we both are, are Quentin Johnson, we're both on the same page there, man. Like the ceiling on this guy is incredible. Like the ceiling has like a DK Metcalf type of, of vibe of, you know, what his route tree is, what he is athletically, you know, he's got a limited route tree, but man, the guy is an athletic freak. But when I watch the tape, we see a lot of body catching, we see a lot of drops, we see one of the most raw prospects out there. But if he goes to the right scenario where he can be you know, we talked about the Chargers again, but Mike Williams on the outside. Like, if he's going to be a field stretcher and he can learn from, like, a consummate pro as that number one, you know, like, we, we have maybe Minnesota and he starts to learn from Jefferson. Or, you know, he goes to that right spot. I think the ceiling is very high. But I am not going to own a lot of Quentin Johnston. I'll, I just flat out. Like, there are years... Last year, I didn't own a lot of Jamison Williams. Not that I'm down on Jamison Williams as a player. It's just I, I didn't own a lot. And I think... This year, that's going to be Quentin Johnston for me. I'm not going to own a lot of them.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to take him um, in a few leagues. And I i am high on him talent-wise. I think he's an athletic freak. And, man, I he's fun to watch for sure. You know, he can just break it loose, um, much like a Jameson where, you know, his speed and he can just, you know, go up, grab the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a mix between Pickens and Jamo, you know. he. Yeah. We'll have these amazing catches and you know like you blow your mind you're like oh my god like that was insane and then he'll you know drop a a five-yard dump off or something Mm -hmm. you know it's like he's just raw talent um and i i want to say if he hones it in and he um can be a little more disciplined you know with the small little mechanical stuff that he's going to be a stud you know, he has that potential to, to just boom, you know, but um, I think it's going to take a little bit of time and you're going to have to be a little more patient. Whereas, you know, Addison is going to be pretty ready day one. Um, So if you have a nice, you know, rebuild roster and you Mm want to wait it out a year, I think, you know, QJ is definitely the way to go. Um, But if you're looking for somebody to impact your team immediately, I would probably, you know, pass up on on QJ if that's if that's an option, at least, you know? Yeah.
0: And what I want to say about that is it's not saying I don't, I don't, I don't like what he has. I'm saying I'm going to move around, you know? And, and that's how yeah. I, I look at my rookie drafts. I try to move around and, and the the move for me. And yes, if you're on a, if you're on a rebuilding team, this is the kind of home run swing you want to take is a guy like Quentin Johnston. For me, I'm trying to move back into someone who I like even more in Josh Downs. You know, we both have him as the next guy there and you can argue that he's in that tier and I had a guy today. I man, I I mean, in Superflex, I saw someone trade the one eleven for Calvin Ridley, and I'm like, please don't, don't, don't do that. He's like, who's gonna be there? I was like, Josh Downs, like Josh Downs, man. Like in this this particular instance, that's our one o seven. I know you've loved him the entire process, you know. And I think I'm really coming around on him. Zoltan's got me con- convinced as well. Like this guy, if he gets round two draft capital, maybe even round one he has that stuff.
1: Yeah. He's, he's very well-rounded. Um, I, I love his game. You know, I've always been on, on Josh downs. Um, he is just, uh, he's explosive. Um, he gets open all the time. He's got amazing separation. Um, he's a fast, fast guy. I don't remember what his time was in the, um, in the combine, but I wish I could pull that up right now. It's definitely up there. Um, he just has a a great root tree. He has good footwork. Um, I really like his, his movement on the line. You know, he's got, um, some, some, some good, um, almost like elusiveness as far as, you know, his, his movement goes. Mm -hmm. Um, he really can shake a defender, um, and, and he just has good hands too. There's just, I, I can't, you know, gush enough about Josh Downs. Um, I think he's going to be an amazing steal um, at the end of superflex leagues. And I think he's a, I would probably take him over QJ in, in a couple leagues personally, but um, you know, I, I have him pretty high. He's probably going to um, land in a, in a pretty good spot. I think personally, I think I, I would love to see him in a chargers team or something, but we'll see. We got a couple. Oh man, I'm trying to find the 40 time on there, and
0: I saw a couple unofficials. But you know, like from the the longest yard when they're talking about Nelly, he he's so fast. He makes fast guys look not fast. I mean, <laughs> Josh Downs can can fly, and I think I think he's a guy that we're we're gonna own a lot of. You know, and I think we're you're gonna be very happy about it. Absolutely. The next guy we have on that list, we we vary a little bit here. So the next tier. I think you have A chain as your as your next guy. I have Zach Evans and I think you have him in that same area. Sean Tucker, you know, as as well as I, I think this is an area right now where these running backs and you even have Kendra Miller in there. So we talk about Kendra Miller, Sean Tucker, A-chain, A Chain and Zach Evans, and I, I think this is an area where I th- Everyone I keep saying, they're like, who do you like out of this area? Who's what? I think draft capital is going to be absolutely paramount for these guys. You know, I think the NFL is going to tell us what they expect out of them, you know, where they're going to go. They all have slight – they all have high upside. They all have slight downside as well. Let's start out with A-Chain. I mean, obviously the the downside is his size, but the upside, this guy is like a human joystick. Like this guy in the open field – has a zero to 60 like no one else. I mean, he absolutely can fly.
1: Yeah, he's, he's very fast. Um, He's a great pass catcher. You know, he actually did um, did wide out um, drills in the combine, you know, just to show his pass catching ability. Um, He is versatile, which, you know, is very important for me. Um, I want to see, you know, somebody with versatility as a, as a running back where I know he's going to get that play you know, I think he can step in and and have a role immediately Um, with Mm -hmm. his pass catching ability. He's lined up in the slot um, on a, I can't, I don't know the exact um, percentage, but he's, he's a big slot guy. Um, And I kind of see him as a Pollard who was, you know, a a receiver out of college and came Mm -hmm. in and, You know, he got to flash that receiving ability Mm -hmm. today. um, He's a little smaller, but I think he plays a little bigger. So um, I would love to see where he lands. You know, like you said, I think all these guys are pretty much in the same tier right now. And I do need to see some DC and landing spots before I kind of see a little more separation. But I have him in the front of that tier because of that versatility and because Mm -hmm. I think he could probably find a role wherever he goes, you know. Mm Um, whereas I think one of the other guys is more of a, you know, three down running back and and is going to need to really solidify a role before, um, he sees some time.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're looking at 20% of his carries were over 10 yards this year. I mean, that's, that's insane. You know, like you look at what he's able to do and he had 60 pass catches over the final two seasons there. And I think, I think. I really like your Tony Pollard comp there because Pollard was a little undersized and kind of same same kind of thing. You know, played a little bit of the wide receiver role, and I think if he goes in, he's gonna be he's gonna be lightning to someone's thunder. You know, like he's gonna be that guy that that is a great change of pace that can go in there and I think compete day one. Um, I think we both have liked Zach Evans throughout the process. Sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. He has good size and power as well as terrific speed. And, and I, I kind of, I like what I see from him as well, because I just need to see the draft capital. He was someone that we had much higher, you know, maybe maybe in that same area as Charbonnet. I know you you did as well. And now he's kind of come down a little bit. Draft capital is going to be everything, but 5'11", 202, he has, he has all the abilities to be a plus running back in this league as well.
1: Yeah, Zach Evans is one of my favorite guys and I'm rooting for him. Um, you know, I think his vision has a little bit of improvement to be made. Um, but outside of that, I think he has a well rounded skill set that would easily translate to the NFL. Um, I did slide him down quite a bit because of his health and also him weighing in almost 15 pounds less than what he was listed at. Um, that was kind of jarring for me. I didn't, yeah. I didn't like seeing that. Um, you know, I had him. In my ranking as a, a 215 pound running back, you know, that might have even weighed in at 220 um, during the, you know, when the combine hit. But seeing him all the way down to 202 um, really hit his stock a little bit for me. But I'd like to see his pro day and hopefully he can climb up a little bit, um, you know, because I don't know where the NFL is going to take him. And that's why um, I don't, I can't really rank him where I had him before because I, I can't see it without the DC, you know. I think he gave some of his weight to Bryce Young. You know, your boy Bryce
0: Young came in. He, yeah. He, he, he beefed up real quick. I think he might have borrowed some of that, you know, yeah, man, that way. Hey,
1: that works either way, but...
0: And the other guy in that situation is Sean Tucker. You know, Sean Tucker, I have in Superflex is my 201. I know you have him in that similar type area. You know, like we both have him in that 201 to 201 Superflex, 201 to 202. So I feel like he's he falls in that late first round of your of your one quarterback league. Talk to me about what you're getting from him. Because again, I mean, I can't preface this enough. I think all four of these running backs have talent that could be starter level talent. But everyone just seems to be pushing them back and pushing them back because we're we're so focused on Bijan, we're so focused on Gibbs. Most years, I mean, Jameer Gibbs, you'd be head over heels as the RB one of the of of the entire class. In some classes, you'd have Charbonnet, and you'd be like, okay, this is a pretty good class. Now you got, you know, I feel
1: like we're forgetting about these four guys just for that simple fact. Yeah, this whole tier, like we said, is almost a straight line, um, where it. They all have very similar talents. Um, you know, Tucker, I, I do love um, these guys are, are people that were ranked really, you know, far ahead of where they are right now. Um, but unfortunately the combine and and the lack of, you know, participation kind of slides them back a little bit until we see, you know, pro days and, and, you know, what we see from their actual NFL draft and what kind of DC they have. But Any of these guys that we're listing right now between, you know, Tucker, Evans, um, you know, Kendra, all those guys are they could they could easily slide up to the to the late first to the mid first if it really, you know, hit as far as the draft goes. But, you know, it's it's hard to even nail exactly where they're going to be right now. Um, So fluid. The next wide receiver, I think
0: we, you know, our wide receiver five in the class, and you and I both agree, someone that we've both moved up, um, you know, in our rankings recently is Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, you know, he had a good combine. You Look at what he did, and man, I mean, that target share of 28% in air share yards, 37% over his final three seasons. This is a guy that had poor quarterback play. I mean, you know, he he had a 68% catchable ball rate, which is second lowest in the entire class. But Ran the 442. I think this is a guy that is going to be also pro-ready. Kind of like a, you know, a Josh Downs light. But I think Zay Flowers is the guy that's gonna get second round draft capital. And then you gotta pay attention. If these running backs, you know, we we talk if if Zach Evans goes in round four, then we gotta start moving Zay Flowers above these guys. If Sean Tucker goes in that area. You know, you want your running backs, ideally I want all four of those guys to go in the second round. I'm okay with them going in the third round. If they go in the fourth round, you can't pass up a guy like Zay Flowers?
1: Yeah, Zay Flowers is definitely climbing up a lot of boards right now. People are a little more um, familiar with his game, you know, but I think he's going to be a really good PPR player. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls in the NFL. Um, he's he's a talent that um, I've watched closely because I, I live pretty close to BC and I watched him in person a couple times. And, um, you know, I just – I loved his game. I love you know, his speed and just um, the, the way he approaches the game. Um, he's a dog, you know, as I would say, he, he, he's always, he's always in that game. He's always doing something, you know, he's everywhere on the field. Um, and I love seeing that from a player, you know, so he's, he's someone that I could probably slide up above those, those running backs. Um, like you said, if, if the DC doesn't hit for them, so something to watch for sure. Now, let, let's
0: recap here because we're about to do the 112, and I think this one's going to kind of blow some people's mind, and I think you and I are, are another guy that we're both moving up. So we have Bijan 1, JSN 2, Gibbs 3, Addison 4, Charbonnet 5, Quentin Johnson 6. Then at 7 we seven through 10, we have the four running backs that we talked with, with Sean Tucker, Zach Evans. Um, who else do we have here? Help me out here quick.
1: A chain. And- A chain,
0: Yeah. And uh Sean Tucker. No, wait, yep. Sean Tucker. Yeah, we,
1: yeah, Did yeah. We, we didn't. Kendra, but he's in there. We didn't even talk. Yeah,
0: about yeah it, Kendra Miller. So yeah. those four guys. We're in that area, and then Zay Flowers at one eleven. And for me, if we're playing tight end premium, I can't tell you how much I would love to have won the championship and draft Dalton Kincaid. Like I, I just, I'm falling in love with him. I see a lot of Zach Ertz. I think Dalton Kincaid. Is, he's moved over Michael Mayer for me. I know early on in this process, everybody loved Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer did not excel at the Combine. But you look at Dalton Kincaid, 6'3", 246, 16 touchdowns. I mean, like 16 touchdowns. That's insane over 31 collegiate games. He, he just This past year, 70 receptions, 890 yards, 8 touchdowns. This guy has big-time playmaking skills. He has tight end upside if he gets round one draft capital he's instantly
1: a top 10 dynasty tight end for me yeah i agree he's he's a wide receiver and a tight ends body you know he is um i mean you know i, I wouldn't do this cop all around for him but an aaron Hernandez type of guy where he is athletic <laughs> as hell um and he is just not in the be- end yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he is without you know the CTE. That's yeah. Um but he, he has that athletic ability and he has that receiving ability yeah. where you have to kind of cover him as a wide receiver. Um the only knock on him is his his um blocking, mm-hmm. which might be. Which give is gonna him- put him
0: on the outside. You know, like you're gonna open him up It like well, like I said with Ertz, like you said with Hernandez, he's not Travis Kelsey, you're not trying to go there. But I mean this is a guy that's going to be Look at what we talked about Evan Ingram they people were knocking him his rookie year saying he couldn't block and then what he ended up being the slot guy he ended up being that yeah. that wide receiver tight end on in the outside playing like a wide receiver and that's what we want as long as he can stay on the field and there are so many scenarios like he goes to the Bengals or he goes you know we get him into these one of these guys that targets the tight end and oh, man it's exciting.
1: Yeah. He I could see him in a two tight end um uh formation you know as far as you know, having somebody in there for the blocking, and he's just going to line up on the outside and just eat. You know, um, he's going to be a, a a difficult matchup for a lot of teams, especially on a, on a team like the Bengals, where mm-hmm. they're looking at T. Higgins and and Chase on the other side of each other, and then they have him lining up too. Um, that's insane, that, that's exciting. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Now we're we're sticking with the tight
0: end position. I think we have to talk about Darren Waller today. I mean, Darren Waller got traded to the Giants. You have to love that for Daniel Jones. You have to love that for Darren Waller, especially after Jacoby Meyer goes there. And I'm like, the, the line of scrimmage with Jimmy Garoppolo just got really crowded. But now Darren Waller goes in and right now until the draft. And I mean, because there's not a wide receiver in free agency that is better than Darren Waller. So he is effectively just like he was two years ago. He's the wide receiver one for Daniel Jones now, just like he was the wide receiver one for Derek Carr. And we mm-hmm. knew then he was a top three dynasty tight end. If I come to you right now and I have, I'm, I'm a win now team and I have the one twelve and in a one quarterback. And I offer you that for Darren Waller. Is that a smasher pass for you? Would you rather have Kincaid or Darren Waller? If you're win
1: now. Um, I think it'd be foolish to go Kincaid. If you're win now. Um, Without knowing exactly, you know where he's going, um, what kind of DC he's going to get, and it, it's it's tough because I think he could easily just surpass Waller um, year one because mm-hmm. he has that kind of one skill. more in, one more injury, and eight yeah. he passes him already. Yeah, because Waller has that hamstring, and he's at that age where. Injuries linger. Um, even though I think Waller is gonna bring Danny dimes to the moon. I think they're gonna just I love it, man. I love that move for them and I think they're not done making moves over there, but it's uh, perfect. I would I would take Waller over Kincaid on a win now. Um mm-hmm. but not not easily, you know. I think it's same same tier for me.
0: Um and Waller's been a screaming by in dynasty startups right now. You know, you yeah. go in it like wide, or like tight end fourteen sometimes. You know, behind Cole Komet and behind you know Chug and all kinds of different guys. We're trying to get up in yeah. there and they get. And now all of a sudden, man, if you were on the clock, you just you just hit hard. You know, like you definitely yeah. you hit it. Um. So now we're moving into the second rounders and let's there there's there's a bigger tier here, right? And I'm looking at your rankings right now and I'm looking at mine, and we, we're very similar. You know we have we have in the next couple of picks so we have Tajay Spears we have Tank Bidsby Roshan Johnson uh Jalen Hyatt Michael Meyer I I think that's all kind of one big tier there so I think for me once it hits 112 in a one quarterback and we talk about it in our we talk about that smash phone from 110 to 204 in Superflex. I think in in one quarterback that's the 107 to the 112 you know that's that smash zone for you because once you get to 201 there's a lot of what ifs right let's start let's start with some of those i mean i think Tajay Spears if he proves he's healthy i think you know again needs the draft capital another guy with high upside Roshan Johnson i think if we didn't have Bijan Robinson again we we would be talking about him a lot higher and Tank Bigsby all three of those guys I got to see the draft capital. Like that is going to be, we we talked about it for that other set, but this set, that draft capital is huge. Like I think Johnson ends up getting drafted first out of this group and then then Bigsby and then Spears, but it's going to mean everything. And I think these are the guys that we look at that fall into the Khalil Herbert area, right? Like they just went into the right spot. Like they they fell in there as the number two where you could see that this guy is going to get an opportunity eventually
1: yeah yeah roshan uh, my buddy jc at jc dynasty on twitter um a well, shout out for him he does a lot of film breakdown and, and he really got me on to roshan um comping to chris carson with his running style yeah. it's just um he's aggressive he hits the hole he's um a little violent at times um i just i i love that comp and i, I i've been high on him um just thinking about a healthy chris carson in any backfield is pretty exciting, um, and then right. Tank is amazing too. Tank is a North South guy. He's a big guy, and um, he sticks with his name. Where he's going to break tackles, he's going to run through holes. He's got a good burst speed too. Um, you know, I think he could easily be a, a three down back. You know, somewhere depending on where he goes. Um, so you're right. All these guys are are high upside second rounders that um, could easily. You know, exceed like a Damian Pierce type of ceiling for their year ones if they get a good good landing spot. You know? Yeah. And the only wide receiver that really
0: falls in that second round in these guys that we're talking about is Jalen Hyatt. We've talked about him on the pod before. I think Jalen Hyatt really hurt his draft stock like at the combine. We were expecting him to blaze. We were expecting him to really show out where we saw his number one trait was his speed. I mean, that's what we saw in, in in on the tape. And then it just didn't. It wasn't quite there what we were expecting. We were expecting him to blaze out, and I think he's still going to be a guy that that ends up going, you know, in the first round of the NFL draft, early second. And I think again, these three guys, running backs, we're talking about here. If Hyatt goes in the first, and these guys go in the fourth. Yeah, you, you have to move him up ahead of there, you know, and I, I think we're definitely going to look at that. The next tier down of running backs, you look at, you know, we have Dwayne McBride. We have Eric Gray. Um, you know, th- this is an area where, again, it's got 100% landing spot, 100% what these guys do. But I think our listeners need to hear about both of them. I think McBride and Gray are guys we haven't talked about, you know, before we start wrapping up this show. Talk to me about what you think of both of these players.
1: Yeah, Eric Gray has been one of my favorite steals. Um, he's actually sliding in a lot of mock drafts into the early third, um, which I would take him a lot earlier than that. But um, he is a good size back. He has speed. Um, he um, has some elusiveness to his game. He's a good pass catcher. Um, I think he's a, a very well-rounded back, and and he is a, a DC-dependent kind of guy. I think he could probably be a good – Um, third round back. Um, and once again, these guys are so close. You know, if one of them goes day two, or you know, if one of them pops over the other, it's just you know, it's going to be like leapfrog. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just it's so crazy how talented this draft class is and how close these guys are. It's not like 2022 where we saw giant tears. You know, we were like this guy and then that guy, Mm -hmm. and it was so solid this is Eric gray can be in that tier of Roshan and, um, even, you know, the Zach Evans tier, I don't know. It's, it's, they're so close in talent. Um, you know, without that, I think the the other guys have that, that pedigree that's Mm -hmm. probably going to put them a little bit higher in the rankings and, and the draft itself. But, um, you know, and then um, McBride is somebody I'm a little bit lower than Gray on. I think I would have him um, under him. I think I my rankings haven't reflected that yet. But um, the more I'm looking into his tape, I like him a lot. I think his vision is a little, some be like left. Um, you know, I think there's some improvement to be made. Um, and vision is tough for me because if I if I see a back without vision, I think that is the way that they're going to go in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can't see the holes and you can't see, you know, what's happening in front of you and you're just making bad decisions. um, It's hard for me to, you know, see that translating to, um, to a great, um, you know, NFL career, but um, he, he does flash. I don't think he has consistent enough play for me to put him in this tier, to be honest right now, but.
0: And the other wide receivers in this area, I mean, we still at least, Man, he hurt his draft stock, obviously, but Kayshawn Boutte, you know, we're looking at 29-inch vertical and 118-inch broad jump. Like, Mike, I think you and I could do that at the Combine. You know, like, we, we <laughs> got to be pretty close, you know, and, and I, I think he hurt his draft stock a lot, but he's super young, 21 years old. The other guy in that area, Marvin Mims, also 21 years old, worth that second-round Um you know, rookie pick when you're talking one quarterback. And I think draft capital for them is going to mean a lot as well. This was fun. You know, like, I know we were a little skeptical. We were like, Hey, let's talk one quarterbacks. And you're like, dude, I haven't done one of those, you know, in a a decade, but it's, we, we wanted to give you guys a little bit of that flavor, a little bit of an idea of like how different one quarterback and Superflex is. I hope you guys enjoyed that because most of you guys listen to Superflex, but we wanted to give you guys the content as well. Like, you, we, we hit you up with the running backs. We hit you up with the wide receivers. We hit you up with some of the tight ends. Guys, man, who's the one guy out of this group outside, the, like, the big guys that you're most excited about? For me, it's Kincaid. Like, I, I keep gushing about him. I'm super excited about him. Who's that biggest guy for you right now that you're excited for?
1: Um... <laughs> I would probably say chase Brown is somebody that isn't talked about a lot, but he is somebody that, you know, he had, had the injury in college. Um, He was kind of viewed as a a top tier guy um, maybe before that injury and he's getting a big discount, but he really showed out in the combine. You know, he tested really, really well. Um, He's sliding. He's, he's, climbing back up in those rankings for me um i think he's going to be a great steal and and maybe the mid-third or early third um you know he's he's somebody that i'm keeping my eye on for sure i love it guys make sure you follow at fantasy nerd
0: boy and myself at dynasty no underscore just at dynasty dad (laughs) ff thanks again guys for tuning in and enjoy the process thank you dude